It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast episode 18, lucky number 18. Hard to believe we're almost caught up to the 27 rules for influencers and leaders that will change your life and business forever. Steve Nudelberg, buddy, great to see you. How was your Honda Classic? You know what? Um, we took last week off, which I'm glad we did. We had to. And... Uh, the Honda was amazing. You were amazing. You were amazing, you, sir. Um, as the live broadcast host, yeah, you were amazing. You, you know, you made it fun. That was not what golf tournaments were in the past. Well, hold on a minute. The Honda Classic is that a golf tournament or is it a giant party and some golf breaks out in the middle of it? Sometimes well, the Friday is like CEO, you know, day. Yeah. So there was a lot of business. CEO going Spring on. Break. It was CEO. <laughs> fantastic. We have to name it's that. CEO Break. It was fantastic. It was really awesome. Great that it's in our community. Great that we raised a lot of money. Um, ESPN did a phenomenal job. You're, you're far too kind. We had you're friends and kind. clients out there, and you were really life of the party. Well, thank and, you so much. And that was not only said by me, but everybody you know, there. Just trying just, to do my job. You did it amazing. I'm just trying to pay the rent. You know what I'm saying? Just so I was to... glad we took the week off. And yes. And really refreshed and ready to be back here. Here we are, week, week 18. And I'm going to let you introduce our guest today because... This is someone who was the first someone to ever take a chance on your company once upon a time. Well, well the, you're, the very you're first, always, I believe. You always remember your first. Oh, yes. <laughs> Careful with that. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, we're talking about 18. Um, fantastic story for me. Uh, everything starts somewhere on the ball started 20 some odd years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gentleman that is sitting here, Luis Gonzalez, uh, was coaching my son in baseball. And we knew each other. And I told him, hey, I'm starting a sales and marketing company, and I think I have some ideas on how I can help you grow your business. And uh, foolishly, he said yes. And so he is the first on-the-ball client and proud to say he is super successful. He grew a tremendous business, Uh totally because of the work I did. Yeah, oh, sure. Most of it, at <laughs> least. Most of it, anyway. Uh-huh. And he's just a great guy. We still work together today. Absolutely. Which is a testament yep. to great relationships and great friends. And welcome, Luis Gonzalez, to well, the thank podcast. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. And just thinking about the stuff we did in the past is, uh, was a lot of fun. And even stuff we do today, we, we still use the same strategy. He was a pioneer with me really? in some experiential stuff that we did with athletes Namely, started. it's called sports marketing now. Yeah, right. It's called sports marketing, and it's the uh-huh. ability for you know business leaders, etc., to to congregate and to be near and to get FaceTime with coaches and players. But back then, when you guys were doing this, it didn't have a category yet. You were kind of inventing it on the fly. We we were inventing it on the fly. It would Absolutely. be you know we had relationships. My uh, phone business was based in Miami Lakes. Lewis's business was in Miami Lakes. The common bond there was that's where Coach Shula was. That's uh-huh. the original steakhouse. It's where the golf course was. And we uh, initiated a relationship with Coach Shula that lasts to today. Absolutely. Um, the entire Dolphin organization, the things that Lewis and Good I mandage. did back then, hmm. he still is involved in stuff uh, today. So, um, you know, 
when you talk about being innovators, we were innovators back then about creating value for clients. Right. And what, tell them, you know, from your perspective, tell I, them what we did. I mean, Steve's motto was always deliver something they can't have or get. And, and that's deliver how something it, that they just can't have. They can't, can't get. Buy it. Who, who right. could can't sit buy down it. and have lunch with Coach Shula? That right. was impossible back then. Can't Probably order that. Can't order that. Can't buy that. Can't do anything that. And that was Steve's philosophy. And, and I thought about it. I said, hey, we sell copiers. I mean, <laughs> who the hell wants to sell copiers and who the hell wants to buy them? Mm-hmm. So our strategy was not to have the copier be part of it, but everything else around it. Uh, so when we did our series with Coach Shula, it was amazing what we were able to do and the clients we were able to get. Uh, but one of the big things, and, and we learned this with Steve, it was not the event. Uh, it was everything around the event. The event was a point in time of the whole process. But Everything the, around the event. Elaborate on that, please. Well, it was, it was from how you invited somebody and, and how you followed up when you invited them. Follow-up. Um, you know, I remember um, uh, Steve uh, telling me, um, hey, if we do this with Coach Shula, you're going to walk into somebody's office. And you're going to invite them, and they're going to say, hold on a second. They're going to erase their calendar and put it in. <laughs> right. and, and here I am working with a company that we might have known back then, IVAX. Okay, and sure. we're trying to land that account. And I go into the purchasing guy, and I say, hey, listen, you know, we're having this event on this day with Coach Shula, and we'd like you to be our guest, and we'd like you to sit down and, and whatever. And he opens up his book, and he goes, oh, he grabs a pencil, he erases it. <laughs> He goes, hey, I'm open that day. <laughs> he just he made himself open. <laughs> he made himself open. That was so. The idea was to start there, to start with the invite and create that relationship, and then have the event. Well, uh, words matter. We talk about it all the time and how you go about things. There is a difference between I'd really appreciate it if you could come to our event and a. I found a way to get you in on this. I fi- I have the I have a chance for you to come and do that. Is very. De- it's not selling. But there's a, we talk about the terms. Absolutely. They used to be used cars. Now they're certified pre-owned. It's the same damn car. Right. But when people are made to believe that there is exclusive and that you have found a way to make it possible for you to hook them up with that, that's different than them feeling like they're doing you a favor by coming to your damn event, right? Yeah. Well, there was so many interesting takeaways from doing that. And I just, you know, in studying what happened back then, Everybody that worked for Lewis felt great because of their association with Coach Shula. So sure. there was some pride that people had that they, they may not have had before that. And then this was about relationship building. The copier conversation came way after right. they ha- you know, uh, when they went back to the office and delivered a picture in a folder. Hey, thank you for being our guest at this thing. Well, all of a sudden, there was a warmth between the two parties you're developing a relationship yeah, first. that said oh by the way you know what when, when are we going to look at the copiers and they go oh we'll get to that yeah and we'll so, get to that you know it would re- seriously and so you know they became known as guys that were willing to go the extra mile they didn't walk in and just talk about transactions so 20 plus years ago we were talking about if you build the right relationships with people in the marketplace it will come back to you, and it certainly did. I mean, tell them your success story. You know, I mean, it's- yeah, I mean, we built that company. Uh, I sold it in 2007 to Sharp Electronics, and they bought us because we were a machine. We, we were <laughs> everywhere you would turn in South Florida, you would see our name. You were where they wanted to be. Where they wanted to be and how they wanted to be. They, we, were, uh, you know, we were involved in the corporate run. We were involved in, in Dan Marino's charity. We were involved in Jim Manage's touchdown club. So we were involved in all the things that everybody wanted to be, 
And nobody thought we were marketing or selling. Everybody thought we were just involved. And that was my key point. Is well, that's key. I never wanted to be selling anything. Circle that's back the last on thing that. I wanted to do. Because perception is everything. You know how yeah. we talk about it. I speak about it all the time. Uh, perception is everything. They, they didn't realize. They thought you were involved. We were. And the perception is exactly what you want it to be. And you can't buy that. Well, no, well in no. all candidness, we had a charity component to every everything. single thing we did. Right. So we put... You know, Pat Riley and Coach Shula in a room together and somehow, some way auctioned off some stuff right to the charity. You know, so every single thing, corporate run, was all for uh, leukemia or, you know, right. if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, Jim Mandich, certainly for cancer. To this day, you're involved in the in the bike ride. Absolutely. Um, God rest Joe's yep, soul, yep, you know. Yep. Um, so, you know, when you think that way, as being a good corporate citizen as part of your business mm-hmm. philosophy, you know, people understand that you're not just going to bang them on the head, sell them something and walk away. So they clearly look different in the eyes of the public than any other copier. That perception, for sure. that perception is everything. Interestingly right. enough, I remember getting a call from one of your competitors who said, Hey, we'd like to <laughs> sign you up to do some stuff. And I go, I can't do that. <laughs> you Steve know. wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, you got to be true to who you are. What, of course, you know, so, so it, it is. It, it, what's interesting for me is that it was a philosophy then. It's a philosophy now. The execution points are a little bit more difficult because the teams are doing a lot of cool stuff now. It wasn't. It's not as easy to come up with the uniqueness. Mm-hmm. But the ones that do, I was just in New York. I did Brandon Steiner's um, podcast, and we talked about you know. Now it's the you know he he has a deal where you, you go to Yankee Stadium, they'll deliver second base to you. Oh wow! I really? Mean, so it's taking it to the next level. So if you have a, a prospect that's sitting, you know, you know, in in the crowd, and there's a break, and they go, uh, "Thank you," on behalf of Brandon Steiner, you know, here's that's second. next level. So Our guest for episode eighteen, Luis Gonzalez, owner, president, sales scoreskeeper. But in the beginning, uh, this was MOS Imaging Systems, and much like Jay Leno asked Hugh Grant on that infamous episode of the Tonight Show, um, Steve, first client, what the hell were you thinking? Jay Leno what asked that question. So what, when you met this young man and you said, you know what, I'll do business with him, what the hell were you thinking? You know, I had experience with Steve, and I'll never forget the first time I ever met Steve. We were on a practice field with a bunch of five-year-olds, and uh, his son was one of them. Wow. And I go in baseball. there playing baseball, and I was stupid enough to coach the, the team because they had <laughs> nobody else. And, and I saw Steve, and he's wrestling with the kids and running around and getting them all excited. And, and I go... Man, that, that guy could get people pumped up, no matter what age they are, no matter what wow, they do. And, wow, and, and, that's, wow. and, and, and that's initially what I saw. And then, and then later he came on, and his kids are great, as, as I'm sure you know now. And, um, you know, we, we thought it was – I knew we needed to get away from selling copiers, and I knew we needed to do something else. And the, uh, the fact that we were in Miami Lakes and we had access to Coach Shula – that was uh, a game changer for our company, no doubt about it. Yeah, you guys, as we mentioned, you kind of invented this idea. In a lot of ways of sports marketing, experiential. Now everyone attempts and tries. What at the core, maybe, uh, Lewis, do, do they miss? These folks that are trying to emulate what you said now would be too expensive, almost impossible to do what you guys once did. What, what, do, they, what do they overlook? What do they miss about what this is really all about? I, I think it goes, uh, again, it's the, it's the total journey of that event. It's, it's not... It's not having an event, and, you know, I, I see people having an event, they mail out an invitation you mm. know, on a piece of paper, or they send an email, right. even worse. Our motto was, you showed up, and you hand-delivered the invitation. Then you came back two weeks later, and you hand-delivered the picture with our logo on it, by the way. 
so when they put it up on their wall, they were always seeing our logo. So it was a whole package. And I think today people look at it, hey, I'm going to send an email or whatever. We had a complete process around it. I think that made the big, big difference. It's uh, interesting because most people, when they think about you know their vacations, so they go on vacation, they spend a lot of time preparing and you know understanding where they're going to go and mm-hmm. picking and all that and all the planning. Yep. Then they spend a week on vacation, right? And then the part that's the most important is what happens afterwards. It's the so? memories, okay. and the pictures that you take away. And so we brought that philosophy to events where you're there for three hours. You know that's not what the big takeaway is. The big takeaway is what people have on their wall when everybody else walked into their client's office and they said, oh, wow, you were with Coach Eula? Yeah, MOS provided me that opportunity. There was no way another copier company was earning that business. Cause no way. They, there was an expectation. Of, well, if they did that for me before we did business, what are they going to do when we're doing business, which we kept raising the bar? Yeah, I mean, we, we had one event that I'll never forget. It was a memorable event with Jack Cakebread. And Coach Shula. Oh, that's right. Okay. Wow. I don't know if you remember that one, sure. but that one is... Uh, Cake bread Jack- wine? Why, yeah. is it so, why is that so memorable to you? What happened? Because we had to call taxis for everybody that joined the event. <laughs> so, and was it was like, it was a great... Oh, yeah. I mean, no, there familiar. was no Uber then. <laughs> yeah, there was no Uber then, and we're getting the valet guys to drive them home and everything. But again, all those events uh, sealed our relationships with our clients that were... It was unpenetrable. Nobody could get in. It was It was solid... And we and then we never sold anything to those customers. They bought what we had, and they came to us, and they would we would provide services and things like you know, that. The so old, it was completely different. The old lazy cliche that you know anyone in any walk and stage of life, from seventh graders to one hundred seven year old, it's not what you know in life; it's who you know in life. Well, I know a lot of people, but if you don't have relationships in which there is a fondness of one another, right? The relation you can know a billion people, but if half a million of them don't like you. And you don't like them, never is anything going to get done in business and commerce, is it? You, you know, I relate this to the state of the sales universe now. And it's, you know, as true as it was then, it is now that if you're not willing to build and own that relationship and work on that relationship, I just had a conversation at breakfast. And, uh, you know, to me, the first part of any sales process is the bonding period. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask me, well, when can I go to the next step? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, is it a week or two weeks, a month? I go, whenever it's ready, whenever you, you know, because the minute you try and force somebody to sell something, right. When you haven't created the right bond, you lose, it's over. So, you know, that's what they did. They created the environment with, with their prospects that made it much bigger than any product service or, or price. And that's an investment that took time and energy there are some people who say, well, that's off strategy. That's not what we do. We sell copiers. I don't think that's what people do. People build relationships and own the opportunity to then talk about what they do and who that's they do. That's the order. Yes, Lewis? Absolutely. And it didn't matter who you bought your copier from. They all did right. the same thing. They right. put ink on paper. It mattered who you had the relationship with and who was providing something to the community and who was providing something to them and to their people and to our people. I mean, you got to also think about it from a sales perspective. We could have hired any salesperson we want because nobody in South Florida could provide what we did in the access. My goal was for our salespeople not to have to tell our story. My goal was that when our client, wow. when our reps went out to, to see their clients, they knew the story. They already know your story. And, and that's, that saves uh, two days of talking. So 
that was the goal, and it worked, and it worked all the time. And, and, and that we were lesson, known. that lesson actually came from the book The Art of War. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a philosophy that when you're trying to gain territory, there's air cover, right, and ground troops. He had great ground troops, but if you go into the territory without the air cover, all of these events gave us huge air cover that people were talking about it in circles that they would never talk about a copier. If you have to tell your own story, you're at a disadvantage. You want them to already have known your story, to know your brand. So therefore, they have a feeling about your brand prior to. Right, absolutely. And and that was the whole idea. Our brand was one of of community, of excellent service. uh, And let's be honest, and, and of having a good time. Oh yeah, with, with that, the right that, people. That, no one wants to admit to that, but absolutely everybody was, ha- and everybody was uh, afraid of not doing business with us because they might not get the next invite, and you don't know what the next event's going to be. And that's what it's all about in the absolutely. end, isn't it? Because for the people listening right now, of course, this podcast is based on the book "Confessions of a Serial Salesman" and twenty-seven rules for influencers and leaders that will change your life and business. We have what Steve calls those aha moments. I think Lewis, you just you just brought that moment, and that is, hey, uh, people don't want to miss out. At the end of it all, fear of missing out. It, for sure. it, FOMO is a powerful factor in business. Well, if we're not involved with, we won't be included in, and we won't get to know, we won't be at the party, and then who will be there? Whether it's a cool kid's lunch table in fourth grade, or your damn luncheon thing, with, right? with Shula, right. and you're 65 years old and a CEO, it's the same thing, isn't it? Absolutely. So what's interesting- You can't afford to not be there. What's interesting is that Lewis has gone on to build another company, which we're doing a lot of work with as well, but- there's a huge shift in how salespeople operate today that was different then. Back then, it was on the company's responsibility to create that air cover. Today, it's about salespeople creating their own air cover, them joining the right charities, them you know, using social media to tell their story. Nobody does it better than you, Josh. Your social media tells me who you are, tells me how you operate, how people react to you. That's the air cover that was not available to salespeople back in the day, and it is. And so, social media has changed, though. I mean, they've changed the entire means by which, because now it's almost as if your sales force are brand ambassadors thereof. They don't work for you, they're aligning their brand with your company, and you're hoping and trusting that it will be of symbiotic nature. Perfectly. Well, really well said. And interestingly enough, his new company, which I want you to talk about, please, actually helps. Salespeople. Sales score. Right. It's all about salespeople. Right. All right. right. So the title, the name of the company is Sales Score Keeper. You can guess at what that might mean, what they might do. Well, please, we, by all we means do celebrity. keep score. Right. We keep <laughs> score. Sales so score so uh, I was in the business for a long time, and a big, big issue was always actually sales commissions for the salespeople and how much they were earned and and where they were and what was the the one of my pet peeves is I would walk into a room with a salesperson and ask them, hey, where are you on this quote, or where are you uh, relative to this contest or something? They didn't know. And to me, that was amazing that they didn't know. I mean, I figured everybody should know where they are. Wow. And so we built this company about, we started about five and a half, six years ago, and we have great people working there, and we do great things. And and the best thing we do is we create transparency between the the sales process of commissioning and getting paid and it actually happening. you know, you want to you want to derail a salesperson, take a dollar away from their commission. Right. Okay. I mean, they'll they'll lose their head over it. So we remove that, and now we're also we have new products. One's called Scoreboard, and it's the digital signage product that we actually put up all sales metrics uh, in an area where they could see it. 
Are they uh, all aware of each other? Are oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, recognize the best, motivate the rest is, is our and, oh, and, rec. Like yeah, yeah. And, 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 I like that one. <laughs> you could have it. I you like can take it. <laughs> and, and what do you notice? Now Say it again. What is it? Uh, motivate recognize the best, motivate the rest. Oh, I love yeah. What yeah. do you love learn? Stack rankings. That's all it is. It's stack rankings. <laughs> what Embarrassment you, what publicly. Have you, what have you learned about performance with those who now others know where they are? Oh, because it, because I know this from being a former athlete, and Steve, you're, you're boys in college, and I, I when I was a collegiate athlete, it said what you bench pressed on the wall. Right. And so when the women's soccer team came in, and when the girls swim team came in, and when the guys from the football team came in, everybody saw what everybody was putting up. So it's nice to kind of be like, damn it, I don't know if I want to work this hard, but if I don't, everybody knows where I'm at. Right. I had a we we uh, we installed a product in in Dallas, and and the CFO of all people sends me an email. He goes. Your product's amazing. I was in there, and I was listening to the sales reps, and all I could hear them talking about, they wanted to make sure they were never last on that stack ranking because wow. it's embarrassing. Sure. So it's, a, it's, a, it's accountability, right? It's accountability to your peers and to everybody else that works there and counts on you to make that company good. And it, so it, that's been a great product, and we have reporting products. And we're, we're, our, our shift has been more to uh, awareness of where the sales rep is and what they need to do to be great. And that's been taking off after the commission piece. The commission piece is kind of like a everyday thing to us. But, but it is such that. a relevant issue in every sales organization that I'm in. This is not, you don't get a participation award. Yeah. You know, this is all about metrics. This is all about Glenn growth. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes, Absolutely. this is steak There's a Cadillac knives. and there's stave knives and, and then you're fired. You're fired. No coffee so, for you. Uh, yeah, uh, coffee's for closers. Right. Coffee's so, for closers. Uh, you know, that movie's 30 plus, that movie's 30 fantastic. years old. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's right. one of the things we always tell sales teams that we're working with. Just watch the movie and understand what the environment was like for salespeople back then. It's clearly changed. Payphones and Chinese food it's restaurants. It's clearly changed. There's so many tools. It's so much better to be in sales now. It's a profession versus, uh, you know, swinging it. Yeah, winging it and doing all that kind of stuff. But here's the, the common theme. When, when you have guys that have built a good business with a good culture, it, you know, they're constantly innovating. And so it's no surprise that Lewis was able to recognize an issue that sales teams are having identify it, then create something that, you know, fixes the problem. And it's been great because we do tons of referral business behind me because it is really unfortunate when you see a sales team spend time worrying about commission. It just, you know, it is what it is. As long as you know it, it, it you know, and, and having the confidence that it's going to be right. We see a lot of sales teams where they have no confidence that'll be right, and that's a killer. Absolutely. That's, that's a killer. A killer. And not only that, I mean, we we also provide uh, metrics and analytics back to the owners, and they know if they're paying them right or not, or how much they need to pay them. And there's no doubt in anybody's mind if anybody thinks it's it's anything different. Salespeople work for commissions, and if you right. don't have a sales rep that cares about commission, you probably you don't want sales. salespeople. <laughs> people, people, hey, this guy's all worried about his money. Good, keep him. And you can also <laughs> yeah. you can also determine how valuable an employee is oh, to absolutely. you. Right. You know, someone told me a long time ago. If you ever wonder, you know, how much you mean to your company, your paycheck will tell you. Absolutely. And someone that does the same thing you do, theirs is more, theirs is less. Because you are less valuable or more valuable to them if you're on the assembly line putting caps on toothpaste. Why is his twice uh, as high as mine? Well, he means that much more to the company. They're that less willing to give him up or her up. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, clearly sales talent is something that needs to be developed and nurtured. And you see sales teams, uh, sales leaders 
doing that, trying to find real talent. Well, when you have the right culture, and part of that culture is we treat you right, we have all of your back room taken care of right. so that you can be on the front line doing what you're supposed to do, which is 60% of your time faced with client opportunities. So it's been fun, you know, that it's hard for me to believe how many years we've been doing this. Forever. When you bring up Mark and on the baseball field, that's... How old's Mark now? Mark Five. is 31. His 26 son, years ago. 26 years son, ago. Son is going to be two, yeah. uh, which is incredible. But, but here's another great takeaway, which it just dawned on me. You never know what people are watching or when they're watching, especially in this environment with social media. But, like, I never heard that from you, yeah. that you were watching me interact with the kids and that told you something about me that I didn't have to tell you. That's a really significant takeaway because some people, they, you know, when the lights go on, they're, you know, Johnny on the spot. Of course. And then all of a sudden, when nobody's no. watching. You're on all the time. Steve. I'm on. Well, <laughs> yeah, your character, matter. Michelle has to deal with that. <laughs> your character is revealed by how you conduct yourself when you believe no one is watching. It's really right. incredible. Did you look around and look in the wall to see that you found on the ground had cash in it? Or did you immediately pick it up, look for identification and try and return it? Your character is revealed yes. by how you conduct yourself when you believe no one is watching. You were messing with five-year-old kids. You actually got a client out of it, and you got a legitimate that, job. That made me feel good because that is genuinely who I am. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I do like to inspire people. I wound up coaching the basketball side of things. And so, you know, the you get joy in a lot of different ways. But for me, that was so yeah. cool to hear yeah, cool. that, that it was right. genuine. You know. And there was no question also, too, in our interactions, Steve, even then when he wasn't doing what he's doing today, was doing what he's doing today. What is he doing today? We're, so, we're 18 episodes in. I still, other than writing books, what is he doing today? I haven't figured it out yet. I know he wrote a book. We're going to get there. Right? It's like the I Da Vinci Code. Things. I do three things. Tell him what you do. I speak. Yep. I train. Yep. And I help people develop new business. There you go. Which is a real skill set. But he's been doing that for 26 years. uh, I've I've packaged it up a lot of different ways. This is as genuine as it's ever been. It's very raw. It's very easy for companies to work with me because I live in the same metric as the sales team does. Right. It's either working or it's not working. There's no, well, I like him and I want, you know, this is... You know, the needle's going to move or the needle's not going to move. So, right. you know, I, the, the purpose of this show is to give actionable ideas for people. And, and it just was so exciting for me to go back and think of all the things we oh, did that turned into real success. Listen, the sales team that you had, they've moved on to do incredible They're, they're all rock stars right rock now. Stars. All of them. Nathaniel. Yep. Maribel, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky right. all of them. Yeah, and absolutely. as you think back, these are the things you can remember. Because, of course, a lot of these nights ended with taxi cabs and valet oh, guys yeah. driving cars yeah. yeah. Some of them we were actually driving home. Rule 25 in the book is about follow-up. I'm going to guess, Steve, you learned a lot about follow-up from this young man right here. When you talked about after the event was over and the photographs with MOS's name on a constant reminder, follow-up is so much. And I think you learned a lot of that. Well, I think it was probably reversed. It was. Right. You know, I, really? I, was, I was the that teacher. Was good, yeah. I was okay. the teacher, but that's okay. Okay. So that was my job, though. Is we to, were good learners, though. Right, right. He was open to listening to everything, which is another takeaway. Great leaders are open to listening and then deciding. They didn't do everything I said, but I had an audience. They would listen and then go, here's how we want to maneuver that one. But fundamentally, the strategy we put together is we're going to do the right touches for this opportunity, and we're going to look at the timeline of when we're doing it, how we're doing it, and then look at the success. And some of the biggest success was after the event, walking in the office with a a signed Shula football, a picture of that person. They were like, 
do you have a contract? Can I sign? Can I sign now? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, Steve, the last event I did when I was at that, uh, because eventually I sold and I stayed there as a branch president. And the last event we did, we did it at the International Fish and Game Museum. And I had, uh, I think I had Jake Long there. That was and, after me. That was, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, after I learned everything from you. <laughs> Uh, Jake Long and, and all those guys there. And, and it was uh, our, my last event there, whatever. And here's a number for you. And you do events. You know what it's like. Mm-hmm. We were selling copiers, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I got restaurants to give free food. I had uh, I actually had Anthony's. I had uh, uh, Capital Grill, all Anthony's these people. Runway 84. It, it, was called, it was called Taste of Technology. And, and uh, the number of attendees, 407. Wow. wow. For a copier event. For a copier event. Okay. <laughs> And they and, couldn't uh, not be there. They, yeah, they, they couldn't. They, uh, fear of missing out. They they had oh, to be it, there. Yeah, I mean, and it was unbelievable. And uh, and and it, that was uh, that was like a, a final encore for me as to hey, I had learned everything how to do this and how to execute it. But everything was so precise and so exact. And and we we had done it over and over again. This was in our first event, and we we got better on every single event. And my people believed in the events, and they knew if they got people to the events, they'd sell, sell something. Yeah. And, and so they work. Another thing is sometimes, you know, people have events and you can't even get the salesperson to hire or to, to invite them to an event. Crazy. A lot of times it's because they're, you know, giving finger food sandwiches and showing them a copier. But, <laughs> right. but, I mean, it, but otherwise, it does uh, prove you that it, it's all in the details. Right. You know, yes. no matter what you do, yep. you, the details matter. The people remember the smallest thing. Like when they left and there was something, a thank you in the valet. Boom, the car pulled away. Yeah. Every thank you. Details Bam, matter. You know? yeah. Maya Angelou wrote, I quote it all the time. She said, people remember the things you say or do. They remember the way you make them feel. And if you were with you guys, you were made to feel special and that you were valued and you were important. And that's why you guys were successful. And, and what a great memory, man. We're still friends. That? So Absolutely. must have done something right. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Gonzalez, president, owner, sales scorekeeper. Thank you for being with us today. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks How for having me. How can they Steve. find score, uh, Sales Scorekeeper? Uh, salesscorekeeper.com. I mean, if you're all a, one word, all one word. Salesscorekeeper.com. Yep. Struggling with spreadsheets and commissions, look us up. And put in the noodle code, you get 50% off. Absolutely. <laughs> the noodle code. <laughs> yep, the noodle code. <laughs> look for it. The, that, that sounds like a direct to DVD movie. Sure. Outside <laughs> of the supermarket in the red box. Absolutely. Tom Hanks is in that movie. <laughs> The man with one red shoe, 1982. Uh, We don't ask folks, how you doing? We ask them instead to tell us something good. It's your philosophy. It's how you live your life. And something good today is all about being grateful for where we live. This Uh, is absolute paradise for those that are listening in from all over the globe. Uh, This is West Palm Beach, Florida, and I can't imagine it being better anywhere else. So I... I'm living the life of gratitude today. I'm wearing my Johnny Cupcakes t-shirt. Yes, you are. And I will walk outside and just enjoy the sunshine and the breeze and uh, be grateful for people like you that helped me do this show. And then the most significant thing that I'm grateful for is that young man's daughter is healthy and going to be... Ken Levicka. Ken Levicka. Producer of this podcast. Thank you, Steve. Voice of the FAU Owls, the play-by-play man. Lane Kiffin's right-hand man on broadcast. Ken Levicka. Who, uh, who had a little baby girl, now two little girls, just uh, 10 days ago, actually two weeks tomorrow. Uh, two weeks today, actually. Two weeks today. Two weeks today. Two weeks today. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. Two weeks but today. So we're you. very grateful, and it shows you that prayers do matter. Yeah, and thank you for reaching out, Steve. Yeah. Appreciate I thought, it. I thought you were going to say Michelle, so I'll give her a shout-out. That's what I'm most grateful for. <laughs> I, I assume that's where you were going, she so Michelle, shout-out to you. She is here. You're, you're, you're much better half in life, <laughs> in business and otherwise. Actually, I did a podcast 
from Saskatchewan yesterday. Yeah. A company called Vendasta. And most of the show was the guy telling me how great Michelle was. Well, yeah. He's <laughs> guy's paying attention. Uh, I'll tell you what. We should probably want to do this again. Yes, we'll do, sir. We'll do it again. Yes, the book, Confessions of a Serial Salesman, 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders that Will Change Your Life and Business. Uh, much like the Beatles. Remember, Steve's now a paperback writer. Now on paperback as well. And, and check it out online, salesscorekeeper.com. For Steve Middleberg, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast.